Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. I'm sorry about that, folks. Go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> sorry Barry. <laughs> no, I was just saying that the globalist element in this is huge because, as you know, I mean, the Partnership for a New American Economy, PNAE, that's what... Rupert Murdoch joined in with globalist George Soros, and you know the globalists are making their move now, unlike any other time that they have in the past. I've never seen anything like this uh, in all my years, and that's, what, 53? Maybe you guys have, but, I mean, this is just incredible what we're seeing. The things that are happening all within the liberal party, This is, I think it's all rooted in globalism, uh, the political correctness, what's happening with Islam, what's happening with Turkey, What's happening with the, you know, the, it's so incredible that when you look at the West, both the, the huge parts of the West or the huge centers of the West, that being America and Europe, are both being uh, assaulted on their southern borders by a bunch of Islamists and or, you know, um, uh, anti-American uh, immigrants or refugees. It's incredible. So I believe we are under assault uh, and I think this could be, I mean, 7 million, what, 10 million viewers a day over at Fox. I mean, they're blanking most of the other networks, and maybe they're saying, look, we got to do something about this. So I don't know. You know, Barry, I think one of the things that you mentioned, the globalists have never been challenged like this. They've always selected the candidates that we get to, to select from. Mm-hmm. So in their in their mind, no one was supposed to challenge Clinton. They were going to put up Rubio or they were going to put up Bush. I mean, it was all along. They've never been challenged to this extent, and I think that's one of the reasons why we see the world moving so rapidly right now. So many events happening. They're speeding things up. This was not their plan, but they have to do something because Trump is the the person who's come in and just created waves and destroyed their entire plan of what they had. This was supposed to be Clinton's ride to her 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 supreme power and give them everything they wanted, and he's he's really screwing things up. So they've never been challenged like this, and I think that's why we're starting to see these type moves. Just real quick, I wanted to jump in and, and just uh, remind all of you guys, if you just tuned in, I'm joined by Barry Seacrest from conservativerefocus.com, Ken Wood, the Amendment Avenger from the Earth Radio Network. He's a radio host, uh, a patriot and a historian, and Mark, the leader of the Sustainable Life Alliance. Later on in this roundtable, I wanted to also bring up the 28 pages of the 9-11 report, so we'll be talking about that later on. And uh, right now, though, and I wanted to transition to talking about the Nice-France attack. Barry, you were just discussing the open borders and the immigrants coming in and all the rest of it. Well, I think we can pin this attack again on the open border policies espoused by globalists in Europe. They've completely ruined the entire region. The Muslim quote-unquote refugees have been responsible for hundreds of thousands of crimes, a rape epidemic, terrorist attack after terrorist attack, France, Brussels, now Nice. On Bastille Day, it was horrific. Let's go with, you know, Ken hasn't talked uh, lately, so I'll start things off with you, Ken. Uh, What is your reaction to the attack in Nice, France? We'll go Ken, then Barry, then Mark. 
You know, I've actually been in Nice three times, and it's a spectacular, beautiful place. It's right next to Cannes. It's on the French Riviera. It's a beautiful place. And, of course, this guy mowing down people with trucks killed, what, like 84 people. And then they talk about could this have been prevented and all that. But then they completely ignore uh, leaving their borders uh, wide open. And so I, I appreciate that uh, there seems to be a general consensus on the show that, that the enemy is, is globalism and it's not, um, uh, you know, the, the, the jihadis themselves, that they're just one facet or one uh, asset of that. It's weaponized immigration. And, you know, weaponized immigration was part of one of the grievances in the Declaration of Independence. But also, um, I actually read the Immigration and Naturalization Act of 1952, and it's absolutely uh, incredible, uh, the, the people uh, that, that were forbidden to come in. And uh, at the top of the list was feeble-minded. You know, so feeble-minded people were not allowed access. But there's 31 different classes of people that were not authorized to come into the United States. But where everyone thinks that, hey, we need to just take in uh, migrants and immigrants or whatever, I don't have an inherent right to go over to France and to burn their flag and to stomp around and to bash police cars and commit violence and acts of rape and murder and all this other stuff and then demand uh, citizenship and then the, the right to vote and licenses and free medical care and welfare benefits. That's absolutely ridiculous, but yet to, to, to demand that they, that they do that to us, but also to just wreck and destabilize Europe. Of course, the people are furious at uh, Hollande, the president of France, and uh, he was booed and he went to the, um, uh, to, to, to the people uh, services for them and all that. But again, Nice is a beautiful place. It's, uh, it's awesome, and, uh, and it, it's horrific that this happened. But again, uh, you could say the religion of peace strikes again. Um, when Rand Paul called out radical Islam as the, the enemy, uh, I appreciated that he had the guts to say that during his presidential uh, running speech that he was running for, but uh, I was kind of disappointed because he didn't call it out for globalism for what it is. You know, that's just one asset of, uh, you know, one facet of it. But I appreciate that Donald Trump has called out globalism. And that's all this is. This is weaponized immigration. And then they turn around and then say, well, it's, it's, it's because of this, that, and other thing. Don't see anything bad. Let's have political correctness run out of control. And also, it's a tool to then take people's rights from them. So they have this formula, and the people know it. They're waking up. And I appreciate what you said, Ben, about uh, the globalists are being challenged. And the growth of the Internet and forums like the one we're having now uh, is really a problem for the establishment. Go ahead, Barry. Oh, I, was, I was waiting on Mark. But, um, well, I mean, I, I would have to second everything he, uh, that uh, Kenny just said. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. And I think we are under assault right now, unlike any other time. And, you know, guys, when I'm looking at this, it's like almost that we are surrounded by conspiracies, and they're not theories. They're actually taking place. And the, really the, the true conspiracy is the fact that the media doesn't report any of this stuff. That's the conspiracy. I mean, you look at what's going on with Hillary Clinton. I mean, this woman, she is such an F-up, she cannot get out of her own way. She screws up everything that she touches, but she is one of these globalist untouchables like George Soros. And so they, they won't go after her. And, I mean, one of the guys on my show um, who used to work for the Department of State will tell you he's seen it where he had a, an arrest warrant for one of these people, and he couldn't serve it. As a matter of fact, they said, you've got to get that stuff out of your hands now, or they're going you know, to throw you under the jail. They were going to come take and And so there, there is an untouchable class. And I think we just saw that with the, uh, you know, the, the, the Attorney General and Bill Clinton meeting on a tarmac in a plane that was put there uh, just for that very purpose a couple of hours earlier. Like it was all just some great accident, and it was right, right. on the eve. And, 
And it's just incredible that in and of itself. Uh, and probably the mainstream media, if it weren't for Fox and, and the conservative outlets. And, you know, that's the wild card in all of this. You've got, uh, you know, guys like Kenny, you, Ben. You've got guys like Mark with the, I love that name, Sustainable. Um, conservative refocus. We are all coming out, and, uh, and we are the conservative media. And it is rapidly, I don't think any of these things could be happening if it wasn't for the advent of guys like us doing what we're doing. I really, truly believe that. Rush Limbaugh was the first, obviously. But then that just kicked off the Internet, the boom, kicked off all of these possibilities allowing us to do this. And now we've got Google and Facebook trying to stifle us and suppress us. But I think one of the reasons that the globalists haven't been challenged, as you stated earlier, is because we weren't we weren't here before, and we weren't furious about everything that was happening. So, th- th- I mean, there are so many things coming together at all the right time. And I'm going to tell you this before I, you know, shut up. Uh, Turkey. That was, I believe, a false flag operation. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, I did a story on it, and I was looking at all the facts. I did the, the this Gulen here that is in the U.S. that was supposed supposedly an enemy. Uh, when you look at it, it's it's incredible what is going on. But I think that also enters into all of this, and that's who I'm watching very closely, this Antichrist guy over there, Erdogan. So uh, that's my two cents on that, Ben. Right, yeah, we'll we'll definitely be – we're going to get into the Turkey deal. Uh, That'll be the next topic. Uh, We'll get into the Turkey coup, I should say, and, uh, you know, everything that went down there. Mark, your response to Nice, France. Well, I, I believe what Ken said. It's This is part of the destabilization. You bring up Turkey. We're talking about Nice. Here's the thing that upset me about the entire Nice uh, attack. They let the driver sit on the side of the road for six hours because they didn't want to offend him and profile him that he was going to he was because he was a refugee they didn't want to they didn't want to um, uh profile the guy who actually went down and ran down and killed 88 people he sat on the side of the road for 6 hours this is in, this is the political correctness gone crazy man that's what our police are out there for if that would happen here we would go, be going insane for our police another thing that came out of it was which is fantastic is the mayor of, of uh, uh, nice came out and said no more open borders we need to close our borders we've been saying that for a year don't let this invasion happen this is an invasion you're letting people in um you know new gingrich came out and had an, an incredible rant you know, we talked about Newt earlier, but he did finally get up on TV and actually said something that didn't come out of Donald Trump's mouth. Had it come out of Donald Trump's mouth, we would have heard a lot more about it. But he made a, a, an incredible rant, and he talked about if you're in America and you believe in Sharia law, you need to be deported. This is what he said. You know, so we're see, we're finally seeing people speak up. These these attacks. This is a horrendous attack. But you know, uh, I, we I'm a big fan of Infowars, and they talk. They have a lot, a lot of military strategists come on and say every time it's going to escalate. We had Orlando. Now we've had Nice. It's escalating more and more people. This is going to become a a normalcy in our society because of this invasion they've allowed. You know, and and we are, are we have to trust our military. We have to trust our police to do what they're doing. They're out there, they're supposed to be out there protecting us. If you're offending somebody sitting in a truck waiting to run people down, I don't care. You know, 88 people would have appreciated that guy being arrested and taken off the streets. But remember, and, climate and, change is the true threat. Okay, let's not forget that. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely amazing. So this looks like Operation Gladio all over again, and it's just amazing that uh, words seem to be more offensive than actually acts of offense, which is just amazing to me. And also, you know, just thinking about 
um, the, the Immigration and Naturalization Act of 1952, uh, if you read it, it's, at, it's in uh, Section 212, is absolutely amazing at the people who are not allowed. And, and anybody who has uh, violent ideologies or any people who are violent or they're insane or they're feeble-minded or people who, are, uh, who believe in the violent overthrow of the U.S. government or any other unconstitutional means that then violate human rights for the life, liberty, and property of other people, which is what Sharia law is, um, they are banned from coming into the United States. And that's been the law for 70 years. No it's question like about border, that. It's like our borders, though, Ken. It, it might be the law, but they're not enforcing it. They're not allowing our officers of, to enforce the laws that are, are out there for them. Our border patrol is not being allowed to patrol the border. And that's, and that's, that's, an, and that's an excellent point, and which is a criminal offense to, to, to cause them to stand down. Interestingly enough, if you read the proclamation, it's a very interesting law. This particular law allows the president through proclamation in... Uh, an executive order to amend the law, uh, but in a way that only adds to list of people who cannot enter, not the other way around. So Congress says the president can add to the list of people he thinks should not enter into the United States, uh, but he cannot take away from that. So Congress gave him that authority in the law. And what's very interesting is Obama had actually written uh, these things, uh, stowaways and others and people with tuberculosis and uh, all of these other things. He actually added to the law and stated these things, but yet he's doing the exact opposite by not allowing them to. But if you actually read the proclamations that Obama uh, amended the law with, the additional classes of people who could not enter, it will blow your mind because, uh, again, his actions are the exact opposite. And him not allowing those officers to enforce the law is a violation of the law itself. So I, I appreciate that you brought that up. You can have the law, but if they're not going to enforce it, then what is it? It's, it's not the rule of law. Absolutely. But and, all these and, things are, are adding to what Ken said. It's all adding to the destabilization of Europe. I know you brought up Turkey a little bit ago. You know, France is preparing to go to civil war over these open borders. So yeah, we're, and look at what the EU is doing, too. I mean, the EU is getting ready to start uh, under the uh, leadership of Germany. Oh, for God's sake, help us all. They're going to have some big EU <laughs> army now. I mean, you know, that's going to work really well. So, I mean, this is just incredible. Everything that's happening is just incredible. Yeah. Let's talk about Turkey. I wanted to transition to that because this was a big deal. It was an attempted coup by the military. And I was personally, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I was looking at this very closely because we have a military base, several of them in Turkey, and I believe up to 80 nuclear missiles are stored in Turkey. If that country falls to ISIS, we're all screwed. And it seems like it's going down that path with the President Edgar I know I pronounced that wrong. I apologize in advance. Uh, you know, selling oil to the Islamic State and really sort of taking, devolving Turkey, I should say, into a communist theocracy, uh, you know. And, and so what are your guys' reactions, I guess, to the Turkey coup? Uh, we'll start things off with Barry Seacrest, then go to Ken and then Mark. I thought this was a huge deal. And, you know, it, it, it didn't work, though. The military ended up losing. But what are your thoughts on what happened? False flag. I mean, I firmly, I, I was watching this as it unfolded, and it was just very perpetrated weird. by who? False flag by Erdogan, you think? By Erdogan, yeah, by Erdogan. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. When you look and see who were the first people that he locked up, they were the judges and the prosecutors, for heaven's sake. Locked up almost 3,000 of them, okay? And then there was a letter that he sent to this guy. He actually, uh, what was it, uh, a letter? 
that was sent out to the to what's the guy's name Gulen I believe it is or Gulen yes, the guy yes, that runs right. all these schools here in the United States Islamic Madrasa schools but uh, yeah I mean you know it's just unreal but they sent the letter two hours before this happened that he had needed to be extradited apparently that's a so the timing was impeccable and then he's on vacation and then they're you know they're cutting to uh, it's the unbloodiest okay revolution or or coup or whatever you want to talk about. When you look at Egypt, Alan West was talking about this the other day. I wrote this article about it, but uh, Alan West was saying, look at Egypt, look how bloody and, and just how horrible. I mean, everything was destabilized. Nothing was happening. Turkey's was so orderly, it was like an acting class almost. And then you had these soldiers being burped in front of the can. These guys knew that their heads were going to be separated from their shoulders. They knew that had to happen with this Erdogan guy. Um, and, you, you know, they're worshiping this guy, by the way, Erdogan, they're, they're, or Erdogan. I don't know what you want to call him. Uh, but there actually there were several stories from 2011 where people who touched him felt like he had all of the, uh, the, uh, the personality traits of Allah himself. They felt blessed when they touched his clothing. This sort of thing scares me. And, uh, you know, this, this guy, he's got three and a half million Islamic refugees in tents inside of his border. And he he really doesn't seem to be too worried about them. And I'm wondering, is that, you know, this is the biggest army in, in Europe, folks. I mean, the only army that's bigger than Turkey's army is the United States. And uh, they, they dwarf France, uh, Italy, Great Britain, every single one of them, even Israel, Nobody had now that it may not be a super blast, uh, you know, equipped army, but it's huge, it's massive. And this is what I'm wondering what is this guy up to? You talk about the nukes in there. Well, that was smart putting nukes inside of a base, and now apparently, uh, Erdogan is not letting us get back into the base from the last report that I heard. That could have changed. Uh, That's disastrous, right there. Yeah, and then you've got him saying that, uh, you know, we're not going to give you access to the base until you get this Gulen guy back over to us, and you extradite him. And you saw he was arresting journalists in Germany for, for satirizing him. I mean, this guy's like Hitler with steroids. I mean, this is incredible. So I'm watching this guy, and apparently a lot of the European nations are scared of him, okay? So I'm I'm just watching this, and this is a member of NATO to top it all off. Oh, and by the way, he's pushing Europe to try to get all of his citizens to get get free passes, even though they're not technically a part of the Eurozone. Now, that's a recipe for disaster right there. So I'm just watching, and I'm going, I think whatever is going – and remember, uh, as far as biblical parlance, uh, Ben, you and I talk about this a lot, but Pergamum, or, or which is in Turkey, was the original seat of Satan, which Christ warned about. So right. when we take all these things and lump them all together, it's really looking like uh, this could be, you know, really bad uh, – very quickly. Absolutely. You know, Turkey has been the staging point for uh, the Islamic invasion of Europe. And, you know, keeping in mind that uh, the other nations like uh, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, United Arab Emirates, and, uh, uh, and you know, Kuwait, uh, amongst others, and Bahrain, the richest uh, Muslim countries in the world, right, have taken absolutely zero refugees. So this is being pushed as a staging point for the, for the invasion of of, of, of Europe. Uh, another thing is, um, I've seen some ridiculous garbage going back to the, the global warming thing saying, is global warming responsible for the rise of ISIS because they're all upset, they're in the desert, they don't have any water to drink, so now they're shooting people, and it's so ridiculous because 
uh, Erdogan is the one who dammed up the river uh, that flowed from Turkey into Syria, and he said, let them drink sand. So he's, he's, he's committed atrocities through that way. He also had YouTube shut down. That was the big news about uh, two years ago, that Erdogan had YouTube shut down uh, and, and had the Internet shut off, and it was, but they never talked about why. And the reason was because there was a video that caught him uh, in a previous false flag. And uh, most people don't r- realize that Benghazi was the staging point for which they can send weapons to Turkey and then put them on UN food trucks and sneak them across the border uh, to give to ISIS. So this guy is a really bad dude, and Putin has been screaming for about a month now uh, that uh, I don't know how to get through to you people. Your media is controlled. Uh, you know, NATO is uh, setting up uh, for war with Russia. They're being very aggressive. Remember, Obama was in Warsaw just a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, to, to coordinate with NATO, uh, their aggressive moves on the border there. And, yes, and then you have this ridiculous uh, this coup. And I think um, what's very interesting is I haven't looked into it too much, but it does sink to high heavens uh, because of the fact that whoever the military supports, that, that is the enforcement arm of the state or especially the police state or tyrannical forces. And so if you lose complete support of the military, and the military is going to overthrow you, you're done. So there's no way that somebody with uh, his politics is going to overcome uh, the, the actual guns of the military uh, if it wasn't a stage-managed event. So uh, that being said, yeah, it, it was uh, unbloody, but yet uh, the military was against you, but yet there was no blood, and they lost somehow when they had all the guns. So, yeah, and that one, doesn't one, other, one other um, thing, and, and that was I would like for some y'all to address this, it was only a couple of weeks ago that Erdogan, now this is a hardcore dictator, and he is a narcissist from hell, and he actually sent a letter to the Russian president apologizing to him for downing the jet. Now that was just totally out of character, and <laughs> I'm looking at this going, now why would he do that? And then you have the coup. I don't know, what do you think about that, Ben? I mean, what's going on with that? I'm going to direct that one to Mark because uh, I want to get him involved. Mark, what are your thoughts? Do you have an answer to that? And also, what are your thoughts on the coup as a whole? Well, I'm with Barry. I, from the beginning, I thought it was a false flag. I just didn't. I saw it as an opportunity they used to, uh, to put in martial law and then uh, taking all those political prisoners. Um, he was just looking to get rid of his his opposition in the country, his his top um, the journalists and any other politicians. So, um, you know, a lot of this stuff I think is being perpetrated by the globalists. This is what we've been talking about for a year. They're going to decide. They're going to go in. It's going to start in Europe first. They're going to have all these these uh, so so called coups so that the people in power can just gain more power over the people. And that's, you know, it, some of these things, are, they're, they're fantastic to follow, the research to look into. But I believe Turkey was even one of the people, if you go back about a year ago, who antagonized the war in Syria. So they've always had this very, you know, this, this very key point in, in all that trouble that's going on over there. From their support of ISIS uh, with the oil and everything, um, we, we're looking at a country that is actually the, the, uh, the top of the match. They're starting the fire there to, to burn down Europe. You know, poking a fight with, with uh, the Russians is ridiculous because they, they're just trying to antagonize them. You know, and that's what we're seeing, you know, um, you know in, in, in history, Constantinople was always a big 
point in our history. A lot of, like, like Ken said, that's it's the opening point of of where the the uh, a lot of the wars and things have started throughout history. So so there's it's interesting that just a few weeks ago there was a bombing there at the airport or a bombing attempt there at the airport, and then uh, only within a few weeks they they uh, uh, attempted. Ah. So there's there's a lot of things to tie in there to pay attention to, but I think you know uh, as as uh, Barry is saying. This this is uh it's kind of strange that we've got nukes in that they've got a large army I mean there's a lot here that we've got to look at um, with Turkey but it's it's just the beginning in Europe it's only going to get worse they need something like this to create that bad guy you know as Barry Barry said this guy's as bad as Hitler they need that bad guy in Europe that they can start talking about that's a good point I heard someone I think it was Ken with a big awe do you have a response to that. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the, uh, the the airport connection because uh, how quickly uh, we forget. There's so much going on in the news. It's not because you know our, our memories are like goldfish, like uh, like a whole lot of other people. There's just <laughs> such a flood of information uh, going on. And uh, I had just uh, that, that was a point that I forgot was the you had the, the recent bombing. But um, uh, Serena Shim, uh, you also mentioned that there was the uh, the killing of uh, of reporters and everything else. Serena Shim was the uh, a reporter. Uh, she was killed. Uh, for reporting that Erdogan was uh, slapping U.S. weapons in U.N. food trucks and sneaking them across the border. So this guy's uh, full of all kinds of dirty deeds, and uh, and she paid the ultimate price just for reporting on that. And uh, and so I, I appreciate that you mentioned that, but that, that's, that helps them to, um, again, to maintain their power. And, again, it is sinking to high heavens and looking more and more like a false flag. So, again, haven't thoroughly investigated it, but uh, as, for, as casually observing from the knowledge that I have, uh, and and everything that that you put on the table, uh, I'm, I'm I'm leaning in that direction. So I'll do some more research. Well, regardless of whether or not it was a false flag, I think we can all learn from it. I mean, we looked at uh, someone mentioned. I think Ken, you mentioned the fact that Erdogan shut down the internet, and there is an internet kill switch. What happened in Turkey is proof of that, and so I think we should all take note. If the United States were to ever fall to some sort of martial law event, we won't have the Internet as a tool for communication. So just take uh, note of that. I thought that was interesting. And, uh, and I know you were particularly concerned about that during the, the recent Bilderberg meeting, uh, where, they, where they were talking about having government uh, ID cards in order yes. to access the Internet. And they're pushing that in Europe right now. Absolutely. And, and we just relinquished control, by the way. I think we're in the process of it. I think... Cruz and, and several others were fighting against it on the Senate floor just a week or so ago about giving up the Internet to the world. And, you know, that's another thing. And that, to me, just reeks of conspiracy. We're the ones via DARPA and the Brits who, who put the whole thing together and got it rolling, and then we're just going to give it up to a bunch of U.N. dictators. And, you know, that's the other thing. The U.N., I'm, I'm trying to, to ascertain how all of this is going to flow together between the U.N., and their agenda is 21 and agenda 30, uh, and the EU and their power grab. You know, they're talking about actually locking up the uh, the final remaining nations and not allowing them uh, to get out of the EU. And then, in, in addition to that, they're essentially going to erase their borders and sort of just uh, absorb all of their armies. And see, that's another one. And then they're talking about building an EU empire, extending it out into Africa and into the Mideast and in other areas. And, uh, you know, so you've got Turkey doing what it's doing. You've got EU doing this. You've got the UN doing what it's doing. And, of course, America is over here leading from behind, as it has been for the last eight years. 
Mark, what is your reaction to the fact that they shut down the Internet in Turkey? You're somebody that studied these sort of events. You're, I consider you to be an expert on, on this sort of deal. Uh, what's your response to that? Well, again, you control the information, you control the people. And that's what they need to do. This coup, this false flag coup, if it was a true coup, they have to control the information that's going out. This is what North Korea does. North Korea controls the information. They control their people. They're ignorant people. They don't know what's going on in the world. They believe that their their leader was born of a spring flower. I mean, this is ridiculousness that they're able to that they're able to control. One of the things that Beria brought up earlier is about you know that these globalists are, you know they've never we brought up the point they've never been challenged before. And one of the reasons the point that Barry made was we have so much more access to information now. So once they can take that away. Again, they can go back to controlling the masses because now how are you going to get your information? How are you going to find out what's going on in Washington? This is not something that's too far away from us, though, Ben. I've been, we've been talking about this for you know a year and a half. That This is not something you need to have alternative forms of communicating. You have to have that close-knit in your community, but the people you know you can trust because if tomorrow they turned off the phones, they turned off the Internet, you've got to have that community you can rely on, and that's part of what we we work on with our Sustainable Life Alliance. Have that network of people that you can talk to, that you can trust, because where are you going to get your information at that point? It's great to turn on the TV. It's great to pick up the phone or turn on the Internet, Facebook, whatever you use as your your tool. If they can control that, you're dependent on it. And one of the things we preach about is sustainability from a, a self-reliance standpoint. Do not be dependent on those type of devices. There's other devices you can use. There's hand radios so you can get out there and get. There's all kinds of other things that you need to think for yourself to create lines of communication where the government doesn't have their hands in it. That's an excellent point. That is. Excellent point there from Mark. Let's talk about the 28 pages now. This was another huge uh, bit of news here. This week has just been absolutely crazy, guys. It's been so hard to follow all this. My head is spinning. Uh, but I forgot to mention at the top, I did want to talk about the 28 pages. They have been released, but some of the information is redacted. We do know as a fact, uh, for a fact, I should say, that Saudi Arabia played a role in the attacks, but the language in the 28 pages made it seem like there was some plausible deniability there. I'm going to start I believe, I believe the, the term, in the, wasn't it, may have had a role in it? That's it. You hit the nail on the head. May have, yes. Uh, so, so I'll start things off with, uh, with, with Ken, and then we'll go to Barry and then Mark. Uh, but Ken, uh, what do you think about the 28 pages being released? I'm not sure if you've read them. If not, do you think this is it? Is the, new, is the truth, I should say, finally out with regard to the Saudi involvement in 9-11? What do right. you think? Well, it, well in, in reference to the official report itself, uh, the 9-11 Commission report had 151 lies, omissions, and distortions, 25 intolerable contradictions, and page 172 of the official report says that whoever financed 9-11 is of little practical significance. And then they went on to speculate how much it would cost, which was way lower than it would actually have cost it. So it was just totally ridiculous. But uh, it was important to have all of the official story, which means it's 28 pages, so then we can look at this. So what's very interesting about the 28 pages is I, I haven't, I'm, I'm in the process of reading it because I was, I was at a family re reunion in New Jersey uh, this weekend. And what's interesting is getting the New Jersey perspective because all the papers reported about it was, hey, there was a couple of guys in Hackensack and, and they, what were they doing in the hotel room and these 9-11 hijackers? And so they were obsessed by that. I can understand a news reporter 
wanting to make a story relevant to people who live in a particular area. But then they went on to talk about how the Malaysia conference, which I'm surprised they went there, there was a terrorist conference in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, um, in 2000, which was under the Clinton administration. And it was Mukasey, who later became attorney general, uh, who, who took their names out of the CIA da- database in the LAX computers so that they could get back into the country and all this other stuff. So they sort of went that way, but they said, oh, it was a blunder. Oh, and they used the word, um, like, uh, like we were talking about, uh, may have been involved, Saudi Arabia. And then they talk about, the, oh, yes, there are links to low-level. They had an emphasis on it was low-level intelligence officials. So, you know, so, so they tried to distance them from that. And, of course, you know, Saudi Arabia's reaction in embracing for impact and preparing for all this was to announce, oh, yes, we have nukes. And judges are saying, oh, Saudi Arabia has sovereign immunity. You can't sue them. So they've been bracing for impact for a long time. The Prince Bandar, of course, uh, threatened Putin that he'd blow up the Sochi Olympics and, you know, for his involvement in, uh, in Syria and all that other stuff. So Saudi Arabia is definitely not our friend. And, of course, after 9-11, you know, you have 15 out of the 19 hijackers, according to the official story, if you do want to believe that, uh, are, are Saudi. And then, so what was our response? Let's give them $60 billion worth of additional weapons and 19,500 visas uh, in the same year. And so Saudi Arabia is definitely not our friend. And, of course, uh, who is it? Seymour Hirsch, the reporter, who kept asking, what's the Saudi Arabia connection? What's the Saudi Arabia connection? And, of course, they laughed at him. They marginalized him. They said, shut up, conspiracy theorists, all that. Now he's proven right. Of course, there's not going to be any apology. So, again, I'm, I'm digging into it now, but keeping in mind that the official report was full of holes to begin with. Go ahead, Mr. Seacrest. What are your thoughts? Oh, it was a cover-up. I mean, you know, there's no doubt about it. I, I can recall when Bush was, uh, you know, taking out the bin Laden family right after 9-11 occurred, and, and we've seen all of the, uh, you know, what is it, bin Sultan, bin Saudi, I forget the guy's name, but he is a Saudi diplomat that was deep within all of this. Um, it, it, there, that is correct that a lot of this, even though they released it, was redacted. And then we had the... You know, the Saudis actually threatened us uh, as far as releasing it and, and allowing the families to sue them, okay? And I forgot, or I, maybe I haven't seen yet what happened with that ruling, but, I mean, I think when you look at Saudi Arabia, there's one thing that, that keeps coming up. They seem to be at the center of all of this, this globalist uh, chaos that is occurring. I mean, everywhere, Saudi Arabia's name keeps popping up, and their name has popped up in the 9-11 attack. We know that all of the attackers were Wahhabists. Wahhabism came, which is the Sunni form of extreme radicalism. That came from Saudi Arabia. And by the way, Saudi Arabia is building a wall. Uh, that's pretty wild. In addition to Tunisia, which uh, Obama is financing that particular wall, uh, even though he thinks uh, Trump's wall is wacky. Okay, I mean, you, you can't make this stuff up. But I don't think there's any doubt that Saudi Arabia is at the center of a lot of problems, and then we just had the recent bit of news that the U.S. has surpassed both Russia and Saudi Arabia uh, with the number one uh, oil reserves in the, on the planet now uh, with shale oil, et cetera. So, and that's going to be – that's the uh, – I don't know what you guys think, but that is the dynamic here that nobody can quite get their mind around. Uh, we are – America is con- at this point – ostensibly completely energy independent and what difference that's going to make across the world. I think that's a dynamic that, that nobody has quite, you know, tried to wrap their mind around yet. 
And, you know, there's a lie that says that, that the world is running out of oil. According to Energy Policy's own magazine, which is where these, how these CEOs communicate with each other, there's um, 1,200 billion barrels of oil that's easily refinable, but there's a total of 5,800 billion barrels of oil throughout the world that they've identified. And I appreciate that you mentioned that the U.S. is the largest producer of oil in the world, but they say Saudi Arabia is sort of, sort of slowly gaining back on that or whatever. So we can cut the ties if we wanted to. And uh, let's not forget that Reagan uh, threatened after he took office, which is why the price of oil went down from OPEC and everything else, that the Germans uh, in 1926 under IG Farben had perfected the process of uh, converting coal into oil in as much as to 50% of the weight of the coal, which is what fueled uh, the entire German war machine during World War II. Well, people have no idea that the German war machine was fueled by uh, oil that was extracted from coal through a process they call hydrogenation. It's been around since 1926. So if we needed oil, we could, we could get it from coal. The technology's been around for almost 100 years, and that's how Reagan uh, convinced the, the Saudis to, to lower the price right. of oil just by threatening to roll that technology out again. Remember, I.G. Farben is interesting during a Germeinschaft Farben. Uh, and Mr. Bayer was the director of that and all that. And it was a conglomerate of 2,000 companies uh, between us and Germany. So all of this has been going on. And, uh, and again, we, we do have the ability uh, to break away from that. But um, I appreciate that. I believe it was Mark that mentioned that Saudi Arabia was, did threaten us, but they also threatened economic warfare by sending all of our dollars back home uh, to create superinflation as well. So they, they, they are definitely... Mm -hmm at the center of all of this. And let's go to Mark now. You know, Mark, uh, you and I talked about this in private, about these pages. How much is redacted? How much is censored? What are your thoughts on the release of the 28 redacted pages of, or formally redacted pages of the joint 9-11 inquiry report? Well, I'll clean up my language of what I said when we actually talked about it, but um, I said if it doesn't include the names Bush, Cheney, or Clinton, then these papers have been doctored because, or, or the <laughs> investigators failed. Um, there's no way that the what, what was so uh, important that they had to hide it for 13 years in these 28 pages? There was nothing. There's a lot of speculation. There's, they're not naming any names. They're not putting any information out there. Ben, you've had guests on your podcast who have more information that are in those 28 pages. So that's what's ridiculous. They made a big deal out of it. I believe these these entire uh, 28 pages they were changed and altered over the last 13 years. I believe they were just released as they they wanted people to see the story so that they would make the story go away because now nobody's talking about it now nobody's going to talk about the the bush connection to 9-11 the clinton connection to 9-11 they've now made it a non-issue by saying we gave you the 28 pages this is what the report says you need to live with what the report says when we all know that that's not the truth yeah, i found the language a little peculiar for it to be first of all written in passive voice lots of plausible deniability there. The Saudis may have funded this, may have funded that. Peculiar. What do you think? No names. No names were given. But, you know, I, I love what Barry said, that, you know, the Saudis, are, they're not our friend. I'll tell you whose friend they are. They're a big friend of the Clintons. Oh, yeah. Huge That's friend of the Clintons. Right. That's <laughs> so a great point. They, they are not, a, they are not uh, a big supporter of the United States, but um, from whatever deals the, the Clinton Foundation has made with them, they are big supporters of the Saudis. And we're looking at the Saudi economy that's collapsing. Yes, it is. For the and, first and time last month, they had to take loans. Obama flew over there just, what, about a month ago to apologize for them to them for us releasing the pages. I mean, you know. No, Barry, I, mean, I think just... he went to go check on his house that he bought. <laughs> I mean, it's just incredible. 
and and then don't forget that you know because we were talking about uh, George H. W. Bush, who Reagan selected. I believe Kenny was bringing that, but George H. Yeah. W. Bush was the first one to publicly out the New World Order and address it in a speech. In front of the, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's incredible. And that's so, why he and, wasn't reelected. He was talking too much. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, they said and there was no new taxes. Okay, uh, that's that's, right. the, that's the conventional explanation. Yeah. Interestingly, that, that that speech was given ten years before nine eleven to the day, September eleventh exactly. of nineteen ninety one. That's a very good point. That so, is an so, point. You're right. Yeah, and and the Wall Street Journal in nineteen eighty eight actually called for the Bushes and Bin Ladens to stop vacationing together. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that was an editorial in the Wall Street Journal in nineteen eighty eight. But, hey, you guys need to stop vacationing together. It's not cool. Yeah, so that's that, my feeling that on the 28 pages. I, I still think that they, they absolutely said nothing of importance, and that's what they wanted you to know. And they're not going to give you the real story. There's plenty of people out there who have given the, the real story of what's happened. Hey, on, on Mark, let me just ask you this. Did you read where the National Archives released all of those redacted pages? Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Okay, they did, and I've got it at Conservative Refocus if you want to try to bring it up. But the National Archives released these pages, and I thought it was wild and crazy. I was like, well, okay. And this was before, okay, the actual release came. And these pages were full of names. And I'm just curious how many, you know, people actually saw that. I mean, we've got it published. We've got the list, and it is full of names. And wow, I have to run that article. I missed it. I'll have to run yeah, that on my it's in there, but you know the funny thing is these names, you know, Skyhook, Absalom, all these crazy names. We don't know who these people are, you know, and we, and we would just have to be, we would have to have access, just about to State Department information to try to figure out what the connections were. But it, the the archives did release this information, assuming it's still out there. I haven't checked CR to see. Um, it was probably, if I might, I believe it was about my guess would be six, seven weeks ago, and I remember putting it up and putting in the article. And it may have been Breitbart that initially released it, but anyway, it, or maybe it was Judicial Watch, but uh, it's out there. It was out there, and I'm just curious how those pages from the archives compares to the pages released by the uh, by the regime. Well, no one's refuted the 28 pages, which is an interesting to me that any of the investigators haven't refuted. I even asked Ben if anybody had noticed that any of the original investigators have disappeared since the pages were, uh, so there's nobody to refute the uh, the information. So, hey, just a quick word, Ben. I just got a, a text from the Trump campaign. Uh, Trump was officially nominated for president of the United States. So it's now official. It All is now right. official. Well, yeah. well we're gonna we'll, we'll circle back to the RNC uh, to close things out. But uh, thanks for the update there. And and that's that that's the, pretty much all we have with regard to the 28 pages. You know, it, it's a little peculiar the language in there, and and it didn't answer too many questions, which is a huge disappointment. I think the truth is that. Our, you know, criminal elements of our government, bare minimum, stood down, uh, aided and abetted in those towers coming down via explosive devices, and and you know, it uh, was used as to exploited, I should say, to launch the Iraq War and all the rest of it to take our civil liberties here at home. I, I, I think None of that you, confirmed. I think when you insert the words "shadow government," it all starts to make sense. And I believe all go. of us are smart enough here to understand. Don't go to the government for answers. <laughs> and, and that that put the kibosh on that very nicely, in fact. So let's uh, let's go ahead and circle back now to the RNC domestic uh, news here again. We we uh, covered everything that's going on in the world, uh, or not everything, but the the big key points. 
And you know, uh, Barry, I've lifted and, and stolen your talking point on the Tunisian wall when I use that to defend Trump's border wall idea. And, uh, you know, with regard to the RNC, the Republican convention this week, it's been a little bit chaotic just outside of the building. There have been protests from George Soros funded agitators. Alex Jones himself went to a quote unquote communist rally in which he got into a physical altercation with someone. The video of that is up on Infowars.com. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, commotion going on outside. But inside, Donald Trump is officially nominated, like Mark said, as the Republican nominee, the candidate for president. Now, uh, let's uh, let's talk about, you know, what this means. What does the RNC mean for you guys? We'll start things off with Ken, then we'll go to Barry, then we'll go to Mark. What does this year's convention mean for you? Uh, was Donald Trump your first pick, or, or do you like, you know, that he is representing the Republican Party this year? Uh, what, what's the consensus on the election for you? And, and, and do you think, uh, and I guess, you know, give your prediction at the end of your uh, statement of who you think is going to win the 2016 election. I'm just going to say real quick, uh, Donald Trump is somebody I followed for the last year. Uh, he was not my first choice initially. That was Rand Paul. But eventually Trump rose to the top of my fave five and uh, I, I think he's an anti-establishment patriot. I love the idea for the uh, the wall on the southern border. I love his views on on foreign policy and uh, you know nationalism. So uh, you know he he's a guy that I'm very excited about, and I hope that he can win. As far as will he or will he not, uh, my gut is telling me that he could very well be the next president of the United States. But it's really going to be an uphill battle for him. Let's go to Ken now. Uh, what does the RNC mean to you, and who do you think is going to be the next president? Absolutely. I, I agree with you with uh, Rand Paul as, as being my first choice, but I even had problems with him and how he treated uh, Abby Martin from uh, Russian television uh, when she confronted him about his support for Mitt Romney uh, against his father, uh, uh, a known Bilderberger, uh, Mitt Romney. And so when she asked him that question, he sent the full might of the Senate against her uh, to try to shut her up and use other news agencies to intimidate her. And, and I didn't like that too much. And so Rand has some things to answer for. Rand does a lot of things that I like overall. But um, so, so I, was, uh, I was on board with Rand for the most part, even though he did some things that annoy me. You don't agree with everyone on everything. But uh, at, at first I thought, ah, Donald, Donald Trump, he's just, you know, he's just wants publicity. He's just having fun. He's just a casino uh, thug who's fleecing people for a living, that kind of thing. You know, look at his attitude and his demeanor and all. So I didn't take him very seriously at first. But then as he just started coming out with stuff, like, uh, uh, you, you know, the, the 28 pages and other things, you know, or calling out Bush, and then calling out the Clintons, and then the stuff that he was just saying was just, just devastating the establishment. Honest and then I saw that, that, the, that the establishment on both sides, you know, on the Republicans and the Democrats were against him, that, that actually caused me to raise an eyebrow. And so I really uh, started paying attention to Donald Trump and then liking him more and more. I, I thought Alex Jones' interview with him at first was kind of a, uh, you know, a, a soft or whatever, and a lot of people were more angry at Alex Jones uh, for that. Uh, and, and they told him about that. But I, I do appreciate his willingness to, to go on Infowars.com, which is unprecedented that a, that a, uh, that a presidential candidate would, uh, you know, that besides Ron Paul uh, would uh, would go there. And so I, I see this a lot as a manifestation of what they did to Ron Paul, and then now it's come back to you know to bite them in the butt. And so you have all this going on, and Trump again is a, na a, a nationalist, and he said some things that I disagree with on constitutional grounds. But I think the main thing a president needs to do now for the American people is to not be our enemy. And Trump is not the enemy. Hillary Clinton has proven herself, 
with 40 years of criminal record. Uh, I mean, she, when she's at the Council on Foreign Relations laughing about we're working real hard on World War III, that, that should terrify people. But, um, but of course, uh, again, Trump is not our enemy. But he's a nationalist. He's got his flaws. But I, I really appreciate him just for not being our enemy. And if a president of the United States is not the enemy of the American people and he loves America and he's doing the best that he can that he knows how, um, that's definitely going to work in our favor because people are resilient and then we'll, we, uh, we'll recover, we'll overcome from a lot of this devastation that's happened to us. So I'm, I'm definitely uh, a huge fan of Trump now. So that's good news that he did get the nomination. And as far as uh, this convention and what it means to me, there's a lot of rhetoric out there, but um, there's some good stuff too. I really appreciate uh, Sheriff uh, Clark uh, going up there uh, from Milwaukee and, and saying things like these United States of America, which brings us back to our roots. That's the, it's not the United States, but these United States. And uh, a, a lot of good things are going on. And, again, you can expect some more shenanigans uh, to continue, and it's definitely going to be an uphill battle. Uh, I'd love to see Trump in there, but, again, I have the fear that they're going to do the same thing uh, that, that Bush did to Reagan uh, with Pence, and so we'll see. But uh, definitely it will be a much better outcome than Hillary. So, again, the establishment's pushing for Hillary real hard, but uh, uh, they, they may have bitten off more than they can choose. So, I, I don't know. I'm on the fence as to who, who can win. So, okay, um, Barry. Barry Seacrest, the RNC this year, what does it mean to you? And again, your prediction. I'm going to put you on the spot about uh, who you think is going to win. Well, I've been with Trump from day one. I got, I mean, I contacted his campaign in 2012 and said, you need to run, if that tells you anything. Uh, <laughs> because of, uh, you know, we, we, we are sorely in need of a, a uh, anti-globalist. I don't even like calling him a nationalist. For God's sake, if you're running for president, you should be a freaking nationalist, okay? <laughs> this is the crazy thing. Hillary Clinton can't Amen. Get out of Thank you. Hillary Clinton can't get out of her own way. She is an F-up, okay? I mean, she is a walking national security disaster. It will be a landslide, okay? I believe that firmly. And we're just getting started on this woman. And look, look at all the material we have. It's crazy. Uh, and look at her. Look at her connections. Okay, do do the math. Soros is a globalist. He was the one donated millions was, of dollars to her. Yeah, he sent fifteen million. Uh, he's he's paying fifteen million to uh, finance all of these anti-American pro- protests. I saw. Uh, anti-Trump rally, the anti-Trumpsters are out there walking on the flag. I'm like, yeah, man, you keep doing that. You're you're going to make this happen for us, you idiots. So I'm looking at all of these things. As far as the RNC goes, this is a sea change. I mean, this is the earthquake we have all been talking about. It's happening right before our very eyes, okay? And I believe this is a sea change. We're We're going to see, I hope and believe, we're going to see the establishment be de-infiltrated by the globalists. That's what I'm, I'm seeing happening. We're already seeing signs that the, the remaining incumbents, we have to clean out the Republican Party first. If the Democrats, the socialist Democrats, which is what they are now, if they lose, then you, know, you, you already have anarchy. I mean, look at it. You've got Barack Obama, who is taking the side of the anarchists, the Black Lives Matter group. These are the killers of the, of the guardians of the rule of law who are our policemen. Okay. He Obama is actually backing them, and he's backing Clinton. Soros is backing Clinton, anti-American, and this is going to get out. We know this. We know that Soros, who 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 whose chief deal is to finance chaos and destabilize governments uh, to make a profit and to meet his own end, which is the eventual one-world government that he's been so long seeking, the Luciferian movement. 
And then you've got Henry Kissinger, who Rush Limbaugh still worships. I'm going, what in the hell is wrong with you, Rush? Come on, man. He's worshiping Kissinger. I'm, I'm not kidding you. And so these are some of the problem areas I'm seeing, and I don't get that. I never will fully understand it. Maybe y'all can speak to it, but I don't understand why Rush Limbaugh worships Kissinger, okay? So, so even beyond that, because Kissinger is a hardcore globalist, and wow. beyond that, uh, we are seeing it happening right before our very eyes. The question is, can it do it? Can he make it? Can he get it done? I believe he can. I, I predicted a long time ago all this stuff with the – RNC and the uh, you know the cruise bots and all of them trying to take it down wasn't going to happen. And if you'll recall, I know you guys already know this. Cruz was a hardcore backer of Paul Ryan and TPP and NAFTA and all these other uh, it's extraordinarily stupid trade deals that we've been doing. Uh, you know they they were trying. I think one of the reasons for this immigrant influx is to turn North America into the North American Union. Uh, and and remember. We had the Lou Dobbs report that I've played so many times I've almost memorized it, where they tried to put SPP, which you know is in alphabetical alignment with TPP. That's what right. they tried to do back in 2005, 2006, and that didn't work out. But that was the consortium of trying to, you know, basically de-emphasize the Constitution and just you know do away with sovereignty. That's what their goal is to do away with the Constitution, to mush. Canada, Mexico, and the United States together, and then put the southern wall. The actual wall they want is is on the Mexican southern border. That's where they want it. Okay, so I'm looking at all of this unfolding, and you know, I, I'm just it's, I'm incredulous at everything that's happening. But the thing is, we looked at today. Trump is now surging ahead in the latest RCP poll. He's up above Clinton in the last Very five nice. polls. The last two, he has exceeded. So I think we're going to see a landslide here. That's what I believe. I I hope you are right. And Mark, I, I, I view this RNC, and this is just my opinion, but I view this RNC as a defeat of the George Bush brand of globalism. It's over. It's done for him. Trump has taken over the Republican Party. Well, I believe that it's over for a lot of the Republicans who didn't show up to the RNC. How do you claim to be a Republican, a, 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 you know, a Romney or a Bush or anybody else out there claiming to be the face of the party and you not support the candidate the party puts up. I believe that you're going to see a lot of backlash, whether it's this year or, you know, when Kasich comes up for an election again, he decided not to join the, uh, the the convention. How do you not be a part of the convention? If you don't, if you want to be a poor loser, that's fine. You still go represent your party. You still get behind the candidate. The fact that the Bushes are supporting Clinton by not supporting Trump, is obvious, you know. You know, Trump wasn't my first choice. I was with you guys. Rand Paul is—he's not my choice now, but he's my next president for sure. I mean, I think he has some growing up to do. I think what Trump has come out and done has been that outsider that we needed in politics that we've been screaming for for decades. We need a voice of the people that'll stand up and, and take this ridicule, you know, and take the abuse from. And this is a guy who had the thick enough skin to take it. A lot of people bowed out because they couldn't take it. Look at Rubio. You know, he got caught out with the size of his hands, and he dropped out of the election. So, you know, there's a lot <laughs> of things going out on there. You know, the Cruz, even though Cruz had given up, his people hadn't up to yesterday. You know, they were still walking out of the convention. We need to unite, like Trump says, whether you agree with that. I don't agree with everything Trump is talking about, but I do, I do understand the character of the man. And I've, I've followed Trump for years as a businessman. And it's incredible to me when people start, and, and this is the new campaign that, that Hillary's got. He's no longer a racist. Have you noticed that? He's no longer a, a womanizer. He's not a racist. He is now a bumbling buffoon. 
Now, I don't know how many guys here have had a chance to meet a millionaire, much less a billionaire. Very few of them are bumbling buffoons. They're very articulate. They know exactly what they want. They're very poignant. They get to they they get things done. Just like his wife said last night in in her speech. She gets things done. Let's go back and let's look at something as she's calling him a bumbling buffoon. When the Clintons left the White House, they were broke. They were stealing stuff from the White House because they were so broke. Now, this is a man who's been successful in business, been successful in America, been successful in negotiations, written top-selling books, yet her campaign is now calling him an idiot, saying that he's not fit to run a country when she couldn't even be Secretary of State. So this is incredible to me. You know, this is an incredible win for outsiders, people that are finally looking to change the system. You know, like I said, I really I'd, I wish he'd back off on the tariff war a little bit. I don't think we need a tariff war with what's coming on in our economy. I think we need a free market. I think we need to, to renegotiate some of our deals. I think we need to get production back up in America. You know, like like uh, Barry talked about earlier, we're sitting on the largest oil reserves in the, in the world right now. There's a lot we can do as a country. But when you're looking around the, the world and you're seeing – you know, you're seeing the uh, Italian economy collapse. You're looking at the the uh, J- Japanese and the Chinese economies are collapsing. You're looking at Ben. This got overlooked, and I know <laughs> we had banks report losses of half a trillion dollars in the first quarter this year. Half a trillion the banks are losing. You know, they're anticipating. This is according to Peter Schiff. They're they're anticipating QE4, which is coming up in the fall, is going to be bigger than two, three, and four put together. The quantitative easing of our economy. Now, when you're looking at that, who do we need in charge? We need somebody who understands that this is you know this is not for the children. This is for our future as people, as Americans. So, you know, when you when you look at a guy like Trump, his timing was perfect. I think he knew what he was getting into when he got into this. You know, they're trying to make him into this, this, this angry figure. It, he's, he's yelling all the time. And I, I believe that goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning, bringing Pence in, you know, kind of giving him a little bit of a stability, a little bit of government experience and things like that. But, but even more important than Trump coming in is 88% of the con- the congressional seats are up for re-election, 88%. This is a huge election huge election for us here in the in the states you know and, and and i'm happy to see paul ryan losing ground is in his home state of wisconsin he's actually might not even be the nominee for the republicans what great news that is for us for paul rhino to be out of the office it'd be fantastic for them to get rid of that guy and let's get in a, a true gop leader that we can help with but, but you know when we're looking around uh, ben is i'm just going to give out some some closing notes here you know i talked about all the different things L- looking at the brexit you know, after the Brexit happened, you know, you're looking at countries like Spain, Portugal, France. They're going to follow suit. And I know Barry was talking about it earlier. The EU is going to try to keep them in. You're going to have civil wars in those countries to get out. They don't want to be in it anymore. It's not going to be beneficial. So people, so we're going to see a lot of turmoil, a lot of things going on. So even beyond politics here in America, we have to look at something else. You know, it's the the politics aren't the only thing going on. We have to continue to be aware of what's going on. And I've and you know me. I, I mean, I'm spending my time listening to all kinds of different experts and and analysts and everybody. I love listening to uh, the Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Poor Dad show, uh, his his radio show. Um, you know, there's some great things. And you know what I found that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find that expert who's going to say, hey, things are getting better. And I listen to I listen to experts all day. I, you know, I'm a huge uh, Infowars fan. I, I listen to so many different, different opinions, and I've yet to find those experts saying things are getting better. 
So we have to prepare. We have to buckle down. And, and no matter who wins this election, you know, we have to go beyond the politics. And we have to continue to plan and stay aware. And, you know, that's what we that's what we promote. It's a sustainable life. You know, no matter what, it's great to have this information. But if you're not prepared, if something goes down, like you were talking about, the Internet goes down, power grid goes down, something happens and you're not prepared, if you're listening to this this podcast right now, the one-year anniversary, this incredible message that gets out there every week. Start looking at getting prepared for something. Donald Trump is not going to save us. Hillary Clinton definitely will not save us. But we need to stay prepared. You know, we don't we don't know how long it's going to last. We have to be prepared beyond the dependency of our government. Politics are great to talk about. They're like sports. They're fun. You know, you get into it. But at the end of the day, you've got to be able to have that food, have that gas, have that defense, protect yourself, be reliant on yourself and the network that you create. And that's the point. Again, you know, we we could talk about the RNC and the Black Lives Matter. You know, you know, I have a lot of uh, police officers in my family, so the fact that they're going out there and they're shooting police is just disturbing to me. And we know that this is all the plan to create this civil unrest that they want. My fear, and we've talked about this in the past, my fear is that we're not going to get beyond October without some kind of a major, major uh, event happening. And when that happens, we might not even get to the election. That's a good point. And by the well, way, I need he... to correct you, Mark, on one thing. Okay, one expert has come forward and said the economy is getting better. It was Barack Obama. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> we did say we said, expert. We said expert. Yeah. Well, yeah. You said it was the best it's ever been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. Well, you know, Obama really upsets me. I mean, he's right now. You know, he met for for three hours with the the Black Lives Matter pe- uh, leaders, and yeah. he hasn't met with any leader in seven and a half years of any world nation for three hours. But this was all designed to create this chaos that they're looking wow. for. From from chaos comes order, and they're looking for that chaos. And we have to be aware of that. That's why you know your show is so important to me, Ben, to to reach out to people, to get people engaged, and not only sharing their, the information with people about all these events that are going on. You know, I've got pages and pages of stuff we didn't even get to of world events. There's Absolutely. so yes. much going and, on. And one and, of and them is America's being set up right now. I firmly believe that. I mean, look absolutely. at the players. We are being set up. Absolutely. 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 Hey, check this out, guys. Uh, WeThePeople.com, or whatever, actually it's WhiteHouse.gov, right? There's a petition to the White House called Formerly Recognized Black Lives Matter as a Terrorist Organization, right? And the White House response to this, are you ready, ready for this? It says, the White House plays no role in designating domestic terror organizations. The U.S. government does not generate a list of domestic terror organizations, and therefore we are not able to address the formal request of your petition. So wait a minute. I thought if you, if you couldn't you know, uh, fly, you can't buy. The government doesn't make lists. So unless that's a lie from the pit of hell, uh, maybe they're telling the truth, and all these lists are generated by the United Nations. So that's an interesting, very interesting development that just happened, I believe, yesterday. So, either but, uh, that or the State Department isn't a part of the U.S. government, which is entirely possible at this point. Ah. Okay? Great, great point, great point. Great point. Great point all <laughs> hey, around, gentlemen. Hey, Ben, ben I wanted to do just ahead, one more thing. We talked last sure. month about a, a movie. It was called Obama's America 2016. Right. Um, and, and I promoted it to people take a look at it. You understand the, the psychology of what Obama's really doing, what his, his goal has been since day one of getting in the office. Um, that The gentleman that, that produced that was actually put in jail, uh, prison for nine months. I became a political prisoner for making that movie. Just released a new movie called Hillary's America. And if it's anywhere near as powerful, 
It, 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 if anybody, yeah, absolutely. His name get is. Gonna, I know, go, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go see that in the movie theater in a few days. Sorry, go ahead. Get people to go out and watch that, and, and as Barry said, I think if people see that movie, they hear the message: Trump will win in a landslide. We'll have some hope of having a, a light at the end of the tunnel as we're moving through. All right. Well, folks, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up now. Gentlemen, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to come on to this podcast, the one-year anniversary of the Maverick Live. You guys made incredible points. Yes, we didn't get to everything, but that only means that we can come back on here and do it again sometime, and we will uh, get to some other uh, some other topics and things like that. So, uh, you know, no question, this is an important election, but at the end of the day, no matter who wins, I think we are going to see some sort of crisis, maybe an economic collapse or Uh, something of that nature. So it is important to be prepared. And you know what? This is about globalism versus nationalism. This is about the new world order versus we the people. And at the end of the day, they're going to orchestrate something. So regardless of who wins, we better be ready. And I think Donald Trump would be uh, an infinitely better leader to take us out of a potential economic collapse than uh, obviously than Hillary Clinton. So uh, that's also something to keep in mind as well. Let's go around and have everyone just give closing comments or, or you know, anything you want to plug as well. Now is the time. We'll start things off with Ken. Uh, Mr. Amendment Avenger, our resident historian, any last words for you uh, this evening? And then uh, we'll go ahead and close it, close it out. Absolutely. Well, congratulations again to you and, and your entire team and to we, the, uh, the vigilant.com. And, uh, you know, the, the, for the Maverick Live uh, podcast event for the one-year anniversary, congratulations to you. Definitely an honor to talk with you, Mark, and, and Barry. So I'm definitely I'm liking uh, the websites. I'm looking at them. I'm seeing I really appreciate uh, your work uh, that you do, and it's been great and fantastic just to talk to you. And so uh, you can find me at uh, earthradionetwork.com or tune into 92.5 every uh, 10 p.m. on every Saturday for the radio show Earth. It's dedicated to the truth. And uh, with Dr. Drake and Dr. Truth, I'm known as the inside uh, uh, contributor as the Amendment Avenger. And it's just uh, an honor to be here uh, having this wonderful uh, epic roundtable uh, conversation. Definitely want to do it again. And remember, freedom is always your first best destiny. Go ahead, Barry. Oh, well, thank you so much. And congratulations uh, as well, uh, Ben. And, and I know we've done a few shows together and they're always fun and you have a wonderful radio voice. I don't know how many times or how many people tell you that, but you really I do. And I, I hope you think. Really, I, that was what struck me in the first show <clears throat> was how you know just how distinctive your radio voice is, and you need to be told that. So, and it was great meeting Mark and Kenny. These guys know their stuff. Okay, uh, you 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 really did a good job in selecting, except for me, except you know selecting the panel. And, uh, <laughs> And it's it's great being on with these very knowledgeable gentlemen and patriots, and I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, closing comments, go Trump. Um, I I think we're going to get out of this. Uh, You know, I'm looking at this uh, with, you know, we didn't put the Pope in here. But when you watch what the the Pope is up to in conjunction with Islam, there, there is no answer to Islam. There is no negotiation with these radical brutes. I mean, it's just kill or be killed. And I believe that's where all of this is heading. And I, you know, one of the things that I think about as we as we uh, discourse throughout this show was some of the things that Albert Pike predicted, and you know he was the original Mason here in North America, Freemason, and uh, he had predictions for World War One, World War Two, and World War Three, and they were stunning in their accuracy. And you know, this is something that I cannot forget as we move forward. These uh, 
these very dark, the dark aspect that we're seeing uh, that has taken over. I mean, we, I've called it the demonization of America. You look at what, what's going on with the Catholic Church, the loss of spirituality, uh, this, this rise of this brutal uh, moon god religion that we have going on. It's incredible. And our own government seems to be taking the side of Islam as well as the, the European governments. This is going to be bad. I, I can just taste it. And we don't know where this is going, although there are some things that we can refer to, as both of, as all of you know, that, that tell us how this is going to go. The question is how quickly it's coming. And that's the way I'm watching this. It's just, the, you know, the Pope, <clears throat> to me, and the way he's reacted is the wild card within all of this. He's the one that I keep going back to and looking at is some of the things that he is saying in conjunction with all of this massive uh, earthquake. These are social earthquakes taking uh, place across the planet. So it's just incredible. But once again, thank you and congratulations. And Kenny and Mark, it was great listening to you and meeting you on this show. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Appreciate it. Same here, Barry. What a great! I appreciate so much being on with with yourself and with Ken. I I respect your your opinions and love listening to you on the show. And to Ben, again, congratulations on one year. Fantastic shows. You do such a great job. I appreciate all the research and time you put into all the information you put out there, so that you're not just spewing you know rhetoric. You actually know what you're talking about. You're getting behind the points, and you find incredible guests on your podcast. I will continue to promote it and tell people about it because it is important for this information to get out. You know, um, it, we, we talked about so many things here, and the thing I know that when we speak again, things will have ramped up again. So, you know, all, all we always like to, to finish with, you know, please check out the website, sustainablelife4.us. That's that's the Sustainable Life Alliance. It's on. It's up there to give you information to get started on becoming less dependent, and that's the entire key. You know, we were we're a nation of independent people. You know, that that live in communities, and this is what we need to do. We need to get back to our roots. You know, of, of knowing planting a garden, having your food storage, knowing how to use and respect a gun. These are all things that we are supposed to do as citizens, as patriots of this country. So, so with that, Ben, hey, thank you. And as I always say, you know, plan, prepare, and just stay aware of what's going on in the world. We will speak again, my friend, and congratulations on one year. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for taking the time. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Maverick Live, folks. It's been an incredible year. I love doing this podcast. I'm going to continue to do it for as long as I'm physically able because we are fighting back one episode at a time against George Soros, against Henry Kissinger, against the New World Order, against the globalist ruling class elite who want to destroy this country, who want to institute a tyrannical plutocracy on a global scale. And folks, I'm not going to let that happen. People like Alex Jones are not going to let that happen. People like Ken Wood, Barry Seacrest, Mark, we are patriots. We are standing up in the face of globalism and saying, you're not going to take this country from us. We're Americans. We're standing up. We're red-blooded. We're going to defend freedom. We're going to defend the Constitution. And we're going to tell you, George Soros, you piece of filth, that this is our country. And I'll be damned. In fact, we'll all be damned. If we're just going to sit down and lay down and let you steal it from us in the form of Hillary Clinton or anyone else. See, it doesn't matter who wins this election because the reality is, folks, this is our country. And we're going to do everything we can to defend the rights and the principles that have been given to us, gifted to us by God himself. And so I'm praying for Donald Trump. I'm praying, trust me, every night that he can restore this republic, that he can win this election. 
But at the end of the day, I know that we've already won because we have Jesus Christ on our side. We have each other. We are one community as a whole. And I, I applaud you, your listeners and, and the, the guests that I have on this uh, podcast this evening for rising above the divide and conquer strategy and most of all, recognizing that we're being played off on each other. And it's all being done to collapse the West. And I don't think it's going to happen on our watch. So thank you again, gentlemen. I didn't mean to go on a rant there, but I just got fired up. I appreciate it. Thank you for the kind words. And that's going to do it for the show. I'll be back again, as I always am, next Wednesday evening, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 o'clock Central, wethevigilant.com. Check out wethevigilant.com slash themaverick for the archives of the show as well as the live chat room and all the rest of it. God bless you all. Here's to uh, another great year of this podcast. I'll see you guys again next week. And I'll talk to you guys again after a while. And that's it, gentlemen. Great job. Thank you. Great job, Ben. All right. Hey, thanks. Yeah, that was fantastic. Appreciate it. And, uh, again, great meeting you guys, uh, Mark and uh, Barry. Awesome. Same here. Thanks, Ken. Barry, thank you for for the time and the information. You guys are fantastic. Absolutely. You guys take care. I'll be going to your websites, by the way. Okay. Yeah, both Please, of the reach out. You, like can con- you can contact us there, and, and uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, stay in there. Oh, by, uh, by, by the way, I, I also have a website I didn't mention. It's uh, mmavenger.com. So so check that out if you want to. Okay. Uh, we'll go there. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. But uh, right. yeah, thanks again. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Good night. We had a great Bye, everyone. Thank right, you. Bye. Thank you. Have a good evening.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.